welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Welcome once again to Grace and Peace Radio. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'm going to start with an apology. So I apologize for missing last week. I just didn't get a chance to get the episode up. So sorry about that. But I do want to talk today. Uh, Hopefully this will make up for it. I think we'll have a a good episode today, Lord willing. Uh, I hope you are doing well, and I hope that you are walking with the Lord today and that you are... Uh, trusting him and and finding him trustworthy and uh, even more trustworthy than you did a month ago. And I pray that you're growing in grace and assurance and seeing the Lord as good and uh, worthy to be praised and worthy to be trusted. And I hope that's uh, I hope that's going on in your life today. You know, about two months ago, I got back into an IT role. You know, most of my career was in tech support, and and then I got into different management levels of tech support and that sort of thing, and then I got into project management, then I got out of IT, and then I got back into it, and I uh, got back into project management, and I just didn't really like it, and so by God's grace, I got into a tech support role. So now, what I do every day is I'm on the phones, and I'm fielding tech support calls, mostly from regular, ordinary folks at home with their computer. So they call and they ask all kinds of questions, and uh, Lord willing, I'm able to help them out. Now, granted, I have some tools I can use. I can obviously search the web for solutions while I'm talking to them. I've got my own database of knowledge, and I've got 30 years of just being in the IT realm and seeing a lot of things, and so you build on that. The funny thing is, over the course of my Christian life, I've never been particularly good at drawing out illustrations from the IT world into Christianity. Uh, You know, we uh, we can pull illustrations from everywhere in life, right? From nature, from science, from different careers, uh, different fields. You know, we talk about... um, you know, two, two rails of a train track and, you know, you've got to have both rails in place and, uh, you know, whether that's, um, uh, right doctrine and obedience. And those are the rails that the train runs on and without one or the other, it's not going to run that, you know, all, all those sorts of illustrations. Well, I was never able to really do that with it, but interestingly, I've come up with one that I think you're going to appreciate. Today, I want to talk about how the visible church is, you know, the church around us, that um, maybe even our local church, but the, the broader evangelical church uh, that we see is infected with malware. And you say, I don't know what you're talking about. If you're not familiar with malware, malware is... It's short for malicious software, and it's software that gets put, loaded onto a computer, 
against the owner's uh, intentions and whether it's advertising software to just keep causing all these annoying pop-ups or it's um, a fake antivirus software to get you to try to buy their antivirus software or just to load other software behind it. Uh, there's there's a variety of types of malware. It could be a virus itself uh, that destroys your computer. It could be ransomware where they encrypt your data and hold it hostage. There's, there's a variety of these types of malware. Well, I want us to apply that today to the church. Here's the thing. You know, all my Christian life, I've always been interested in discernment. Um, and I don't mean that in a strange mystical term. I just mean that in trying to be wise, trying to be aware of my surroundings within Christianity. In other words, I want to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want some weird doctrine, something that's unbiblical, to trip me up. I mean, ultimately, right, that's the goal is to make it across the finish line, to love the Lord, to serve him, to to be faithful to the end. There are a lot of people who get tripped up and fall and are carried away by error and um, and sin and all, all kinds of things. I mean, if you've been a Christian for any time at all, five years even, you begin to see notable Christians falling by the wayside. They either fall in sin or they veer off into doc, uh, strange doctrine, unbiblical doctrine, uh, all, all kinds of areas of sin and, and compromise. And even if someone doesn't necessarily veer veer off the path, what if they just slow down? What if they just settle in? What if they just get complacent? What if they just compromise a little bit here and there, but they're still within the realms of, you know, they're still on the path, but there's some degree of compromise there. The point is, we must be vigilant to stay on the path, to follow the Lord, to be in the Bible, to compare everything we hear, everything we think with Scripture, and submit to whatever Scripture says. And if the Scripture says this, well, then what I'm thinking, or what I just heard that disagrees with it, is wrong. I'm seeing a lot of that happening in visible Christianity today. You know, one only needs to scroll through Facebook and see different things that, that professing Christians post or argue for, and you think, well, that's not biblical. And, or you, you read about, you know, what, what some of these mega churches are doing and some, some of the strange things that go on. So let me, let me put it this way. So I talked about what malware is, Right. It's software designed to bombard you with ads, to destroy your data, to hold your data captive for a fee, to infect your PC, to add it to their 
secret little network of computers that are infected to perform tasks you don't even realize it's doing. And like I said, every day I talk to people whose computers are infected with malware. And the thing is, they don't even know it. Or they just see that by, by the time it's infected, all they see is the results of it, the effects of it. And they'll say, I keep getting all these pop-ups or this one pop-up keeps coming and I can't get rid of it or I didn't load this software or whatever the case is. It comes subtly. I mean, often it starts with just an ad or an email they clicked that looked legit, but it really wasn't. And they didn't know how to move the mouse over the link to hover over it so that it would show where exactly is this link going. If you click on this, where is it going to take you? Because, yeah, it says Microsoft and it says your Windows license is expired. But if you click on the link, it's not Microsoft. If you look at what's going on behind the scenes there, it's not Microsoft. The email says it's coming from Microsoft, but you look at the address and it's really not. And so there's a, a subtlety about it, a deception. And it often starts, like I said, with just one ad or one email that they clicked on that looked legit, but it wasn't. And as I said, eventually it loads more and more programs and it can create backdoors to remote control your computer without your knowledge. Uh, and it, it just takes over the computer. And then, I mean, I've even seen where they, these hackers, they don't take over your mailbox. They just put a little setting in the, the preferences so that every time you get an email, a copy of it gets sent to their email address. And you think, well, what, what's the big deal? Well, if your every email you get goes to them, then they can go out to Amazon or eBay or PayPal or whatever and hit the link for I forgot my password. And what does it do? Right? It emails you and says, oh, well, click this link to reset your password. You get this email and you say, I didn't do this. I don't know what this is. I'm not clicking this. And you ignore it. They get a copy of your email. And what do they do? They click on it. Then they change your password. Then they get into your PayPal, your Amazon, your eBay, whatever. And they're able to order things and do malicious things and, and so on. So that's the subtlety. That's the deception of it. So what's my point in all this? Well, it occurred to me that the visible church today is infected with malware. And let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying that every single church is infected with all of these. No. I'm just saying that these are things that if you look across the landscape of Christianity here in the early 21st century, biblical Christianity, these are some of the things that we are faced with, that we are fighting against. And this is just a, a list in no particular order. Uh, NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, I think it is, New Apostolic, uh, I forget what the R is, but anyway, it's the word faith stuff. It's, uh, it's churches like, uh, like Bethel, 
and it's uh, Hillsong and, and all these sorts of things that they, they look biblical, but they're not. Uh, this, like I said, the word faith stuff and, and fake miracles and all this strange stuff. It's the seeker sensitive stuff. Uh, the, the Joel Osteen type stuff, the Stephen Furtick type stuff. Uh, a lot of this is then replicated in these sort of mega, uh, or campus churches that, that they have, you know, six, eight campuses across a region. I've even seen one that has a mega, a campus model, different campuses of this church across the world. And, um, I'm not saying that campus churches are 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 bad necessarily. I don't think they're good. Um, not all campus churches are bad. Not all mega churches are bad. Um, I don't think it's a wise thing, but some of them are bad. So that's a couple of examples. This whole idea of wokeness that's just pervading our American culture and actually now even spread internationally. You know, um, support for the movement of Black Lives Matter. Uh, and of course, again, do Black Lives Matter? You betcha. Absolutely. Uh, all lives matter. But the organization, the agenda of Black Lives Matter is fundamentally at odds with biblical Christianity. A Christian cannot support the BLM movement. Critical race theory, social justice, this idea of intersectionality that, well, I'm a victim here, I'm a victim here, I'm a victim here, and this all adds up and I get this collage of victimhood that I, I can identify with. I am uh, um, oppressed in this way, in this way, in this way. I'm, um, I'm a minority. I'm... Um, you know, transgender, whatever, they, and you add up all these things, and you you arrive at this um, this intersection of oppression, and so the so you become defined by that cultural Marxism. You know, this uh, again, this idea of kind of a modern social justice type thing. Um, you know, we've seen where even the LGBTQ stuff is is coming into the churches. Um, you can be, you can be a gay Christian. No, you can't. You 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 cannot. Um, you know the 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 Revoice Conference of a couple of years ago, and well, it's still going on. All those sorts of things, this gender dysphoria stuff. You know, should Christians use the pronouns, the preferred pronouns that people have, or should they identify them by their bi biological sex? Biblically. We've got to identify people the way God created them. And the Bible only gives us two choices, male and female. But again, the culture doesn't want us to think that way. The culture wants to change that. And general liberalism, uh, you know, there's a, a wave of liberalism that's, a lot of people call it big Eva, big evangelicalism. That's really kind of taken a hard left turn over the last few years. A lot of the big names, uh, we see even subtle and not so subtle egalitarianism, where increasingly women are wanting more and more voice in the church when scripture says that, you know, it, men are to lead in the church. 
There's even things like theoeroticism. And you say, what on earth are you talking about? What is theoeroticism? And it's this idea that you have a such a relationship with God that God essentially becomes your lover. And you write and you express your relationship with God, and writers express this, in a way as though you were physical, intimate lovers. It's crazy, but I'm telling you, it's out there, and it's a best-selling author who promoted it. Women co-pastors, I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, and, and women preachers. You know, the the even in the SBC, the, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, there are women pastors. Even though there's not supposed to be, um, they're there. And, you know, and oftentimes nothing's done about it. To some degree, even environmentalism, to the degree that it seeks to put the Bible aside and elevate the creation over the Creator, that is, that's a, a form of malware that's pervasive in, in the church. Tolerance, right? The whole idea that we have to be tolerant. Right-wing issues. There, there are right-wing issues, things like patriarchy and theonomy. Um, and again, those are, you know, there's a spectrum for everything and, and there's a, there's a narrow boundary where things make, make sense. Um, and, but there are some that are taken way off course. These two particularly can be really twisted to extremes. I guess all, I mean, all of these can, and there are other ones. There are doctrinal ones that I, I won't. I won't necessarily get into right now, um, but, you know, like ESS, eternal submission of the Son, and did is Christ eternally submitted to the Father? Um, antinomianism, no law, you know, this whole idea that, well, I can do whatever I, I, I want, that there's, where it elevates grace, the grace of God over the law of God, over the obligation we have as Christians to live pure and holy lives in obedience to the word of God. And we say, no, 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 I'm under grace. I'm under grace. These are just some examples of, of what we see happening in Christianity at this moment. And so oftentimes as Christians, if you point these out to a lot of times other Christians will hate you for it. There are Christians on social media that will, they'll hate you for it. They'll block you. You know, people you go to church with will block you for speaking out on this stuff. They'll call you self-righteous. They'll accuse you of not loving people. Uh, worst of all, they'll ignore you because they just don't see the danger. They don't see how these things conflict with the Word of God. Well, how do we cleanse it? Well, first of all, it'll never be fully cleansed. You know, uh, the Lord said that there'll always be tares among the wheat. And the church throughout history has had errors in it and has had deceivers in it. Um, you know, just 
read the New Testament and you see that. Even by the end of the New Testament era, as John is writing his epistles, he's writing to the churches to to tell them to beware of false teachers that were already uh, prevalent. Uh, Paul did it, you know, obviously in, in Galatians. And so, and Peter does it in 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and Jude does it. Um, and so, you know, on and on and on, we see that. So it's never going to be completely cleansed, and not until the Lord comes back and wraps everything up. Um, but to the degree that we can, first, you know, it starts with ourselves. It has to start with ourselves. It has to start with ourselves going before God and searching our hearts in the light of the Word of God, daily being in it, daily comparing the views we have, the, our behaviors, and everything we do and don't do in light of the Scripture. And then we let the Scripture reveal where we are infected. You know, again, not, not, to, not to break the illustration, but, you know, like an antivirus program that scans. Then we go to the Lord, individually and, if necessarily, if necessary, corporately, to repent and ask for cleansing. Third, we commit to be vigilant. You know, we have to be on guard against getting duped again and infected again. And that's what, you know, once your PC is infected with this stuff, you suddenly become more vigilant because now you understand the dangers of it. And frankly, you know, it's, I realize that some people, they, they just don't know enough about computers. And so it happens again and again and again, but there are ways that they can at least try to mitigate it, but only a fool doesn't even try to mitigate it. So we can't be experts on all of these things. I'm no expert on all the things I just listed, for example. And how many things am I even forgetting or don't even remember or don't even know about? So I'm not an expert on all this stuff, but I'm just saying that we have to be vigilant to the degree and to the knowledge that God has given us. We have to be vigilant about these things. So we commit to be vigilant. You know, first, we go to the Lord, we compare ourselves with Scripture, then we go to the Lord and repent. Third, we commit to be vigilant, to be on guard against getting duped and infected. And we daily bring ourselves before God, submitted to Him, to His Word, and to his will in all things. And then we do that until we die. I mean, honestly, until he calls us home. And we seek to grow in the knowledge of the scriptures so that we can tell when something comes along, like, hey, this doesn't smell right. Something doesn't line up here. You know, pick your, pick your word picture. And so God then builds our discernment and we're able to tell, wait a minute, something's not, not right here. So those are some, some things to think about over and over in the scriptures. There are examples and there are verses calling us to be vigilant. You know, I was reminded this morning of how the Lord told Peter in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, Simon, Simon, Satan 
desire to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And yet it was Simon Peter, it was Peter later on, who wrote that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The fact is that Satan is prowling around, looking whom he may devour. What saints can he pick out? What saints can he trip up? What saints can he destroy? What saints can he beguile with plausible arguments? I think uh, Paul says that in Galatians. That, um, And so we have to be vigilant. And um, I pray you would. I, I pray that you would go to the Lord today and ask him, Lord, uh, you know, help me to be more vigilant. I can't know all these things. I may never experience any of these things, but help me to, to at least stay true to your word till the end. I don't want to be one of those people that gets tripped up. I don't want to be one of those people that gets taken out. I want to be faithful. I hope that's your heart today. And you know, to the degree that you can, warn others. Love them enough to warn them. You know, warn other believers. They may hate you for it. They they may. Uh, they may block you, like I said. They may not be your friend anymore. Whatever the case is. And you may even have to you know, confront people older than you or your elders or, your, you know, your pastor or whatever. And, and if, if you you see these things and you may end up having to leave the church, whatever the case is, stay faithful to the scriptures. Stay faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do everything in your life in obedience to him and trust him. Lord, once again, would you please guard your church, Lord. Guard your people. Protect them. Keep them. Lord, thank you so much that over and over again that there is that there are promises of how you keep those who are yours. Lord, would you keep and strengthen your people. Give them wisdom. Give them discernment. Give us knowledge, God. And most of all, because knowledge itself is, knowledge just puffs up. But God, would you give us love? Love for you and your word and love for others. And Lord, that, that we would be found faithful. In Christ's name, amen. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash graceandpeaceradio. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.